Yo, what's up? It's Ben Scarborough, and uh, chilling here at Third Eye Collective in the secret room with one very special guest, DJ BJ. You already know who it is. BJ, what's up, man? What's going on? Welcome to the secret room. Yeah. Bye. I like it. <laughs> it's the high ceilings, right? Yeah, I think it's the aura, too. Yeah. I like it, though. Got the got a, got a mix of retro, new school stuff going on in here. A lot here. of art. A lot yeah. of art. Nah, it's dope. It's dope. I like it. A lot of uh, old school games. Yeah. Have fun in here. You know what it is, right? There, There's a lot of people that come in here talking shit. And I just, you know, I say, oh, really? You're, you're good at Bond. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and let's settle play. this right now. <laughs> let's try it. Nah, a lot of people say, oh, I used to play this, used to play that. But, uh, put, put it to the test. That's kind of what it's like. It's like a mix of actually Street Fighter right now and James Bond and Mario Kart. They get brought up the most. Damn. Mario Kart, I know definitely get brought up a lot. It's it's it, it'll be the most random person coming here talking shit. I'm just like, well, let, let's let's go run it real quick, you know? And they're like, wait a minute, you you got it? I... Oh yeah, they ain't ready. <laughs> yeah, they got to figure out what controls and all type of excuses. Yeah, oh, that's my how God. it is. Now on the other side, there are people who who are actually really good, like yeah. autistically good. Uh, Mario Kart, Smash Bros. A lot of those guys I know that play that. No joke. It's like riding a bike. You never really forget, right? Yeah, but they play a lot. Like, yeah. It's like they never stop playing. It's like it's like a timeless classic, and it's a racing game. I feel like deep down, you just make it to the finish three laps. You kind of inherently know the mm -hmm. gameplay loop or whatever. But that's why I haven't got a Switch yet, because some of those guys who are hardcore with it. Oh, online? Impossible. When you think about it, these guys have been playing Mario Kart online for like four years in a row, you know, you yeah. just can't see him. I don't even got, yeah, I don't even got the time for that. So <laughs> I get on there and I get my ass beaten. It's old way. I'm like, I can't do this. You were telling me that you were playing a lot of Black Ops 4, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The blackout mode? Yeah. I like blackout. I like, I like multiplayer, but I feel like multiplayer has always been like a, a modern warfare thing to me, mm -hmm. um, especially like Black Ops like 2 and stuff like that. But the blackout mode is like, I don't know, it's, it's dope. It's, it's like open world, so it like turns you into a Navy SEAL, right? Mm -hmm. You start calling out coordinates. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. You, oh my god! You start saying a whole bunch of stuff you never would have thought. Like, <laughs> I never would have thought I'd be like, oh yeah, I just needed that, or like all type of stuff, all type of lingo. And it's just dope though, cause um, it's just so many like it's so intricate. It's like all the places you can get to, hide, and mm -hmm. yeah, I like it. What's going on this season in Blackout? I know they added a bunch of new stuff yeah, to the so map, they got, right? They got one mode right now called Heavy Metal Heroes. And it's like, uh, they give you like an unlimited grapple gun and jetpacks. And Whoa. the movement is like very up pace, like up pace and mm -hmm. tempo. And um, then they have like tanks, like tanks that drop from the sky. Oh, really? And I've missed out on you, this. Yeah, if you go find a tank, it's like you're everybody's worst enemy. Okay. But but then at the same time everybody knows where you are, right? Yeah. Because you're loud in the, in the tank. And but then they have a lot more rocket launchers on the map, so everybody's trying to blow you up. But you're shooting rockets at everybody else. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> it, it gets it gets real wicked. So that's um that's mainly like the the biggest thing. Then they have this thing called ground war, which is like fifty versus fifty. Okay. And it's literally like war. Like the closest thing you can get to it, you drop in with teammates. Mm -hmm. And you just go against the other team. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Did, you can. Did you can you try like, out. What was, was I going? Either you could just sit up, like sit on the hill and snipe, or you can just go, you know, crash out and just go crazy. 
what's your play style? Are you more sniper? Or are you more like up close and personal? definitely not a sniper? Yeah, I'm more like a SMG shotgun, like close combat type of person. But I move around fast, like my movement's pretty fast. So I've never, I don't know. There's some guys who snipe like like that, and I just I need time. Now I can snipe, but some guys go crazy with it. Yeah, sniping on a console on a DualShock Four, you know, that's like another level of Zen right there. You know, yeah, you gotta take a deep but breath. And I realize, like when I I, pl- I watch some of the guys on YouTube, some of them got like Astro controllers and all these oh the scuff controllers, controllers. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a lot easier for them. Gotta up that game, man. Yeah, I'm not spending two fifty on a controller. <laughs> oh, that's right, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until they come with a sponsorship, it's like until I'm going pro. Yeah. I mean, they had all type of things. Like, I think, like, the back triggers had, like, a, a stopper they put in it so you could fire faster. And Oh, yeah, with the pistol. Yeah, because they drop in. And there's one mode on there where you drop in, like, if you die, you get, like, re- redeploys, and you'll drop in with a pistol. Mm-hmm. Their pistols are, like, machine guns. Okay. And it's just... Like, semi-automatic pistols or whatever? Yeah, it's semi-automatic, but the way... When they got them controllers... Mm-hmm. You can tell. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And you're just like, what did I get shot with? And it's a pistol. And you're like, I'm about to cut this game off. Is is it cheating to use a better controller than everybody else? No. I don't think so. Because, I mean, I think it's life. Some if people you, have better yeah, cars. Yeah. If you got a better car, you got more money, you know, you get you more opportunities and possibilities. So, nah, you know, it is what it is. Well said. It's just like uh, like when Xbox came out with the little Elite controller. A oh, lot that's of people, right. Yeah, a lot of people's like, I'm not paying a hundred, whatever. Then a lot of people end up getting it. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know what? If got they got it, I game. need it. Yeah, if they got it, I need it. For me, I do well with what I got, you know? Yeah. But like I said, if they come, you know, sponsor me, it's different. Yeah. Uh, definitely, I play with it. That limited edition DJ BJ DualShock 4. I need it. Yeah, <laughs> I need that. But nah, um, I, don't, I don't be mad at it. I just, and it's, it's entertaining too, especially watching some of the guys on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Some guys get like 40 kill games, 50 kill games. And I'm like, cool. Like, when I'm with my teams and, and all that, my squads, my little six kills in a hundred in a hundred person matches, like, it's, it's solid. It is solid. You don't feel kills, like you're carrying the nah. team? No, nah, I feel like it was a team effort. Yeah. Especially when we win. But 50 kills, it'd be like 50 kills and their teammates got like two. I'm like, man, I, I don't even know if I want to play with him. Mm hmm. Made me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> it made me feel like I need to just go play in a lobby by myself. There's certain people who are like playing right now, and that's all they do, right? They're maybe looking <laughs> yeah. for the sponsorship. They're looking for no. these kind of deals, these brand deals. It's a lot of them. It's it's one guy here in Gwinnett that I play with, um, that I met through Savage, and he, like, that's all he do, and he has no brand deals or anything. I don't even think he wants any. He just does it for the fun of it, for the love of the sport. Yeah. He, I'm talking. He put hours in. It's like I can get on any time of day, any time of night, and he's on there and he's playing with. He's just playing. He's ready to play. I think right now, he think I think he might have like five thousand wins right now. Okay, so he's up. And in I that. probably got like a hundred. That's that's a lot. And of a wins. win is a, a win is hard to come by. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Because you really got to game the map. You got to be running the map. You got and you got to be real att- like attentive to people because. Some people find these spots and they just hide until. Mm-hmm. Oh, that patience factor. Yeah. They'll just hide. Like, you know, you drop in with 100 people, they'll hide to like 20 people. Yeah. And you might just come in a building, they'll, they'll be at a corner in a dark corner somewhere and just kill you. And you had no chance. 
where you got like some people upgrade their headset to hear all the movements. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like I got a pretty good headset, a headset, but still, there's some guys that catch you off guard. I didn't see all type of stuff. Like I'm never one to go one v four, but like that guy that I play with, mm-hmm. he'll like he'll, wipe a whole he'll squad wipe out, a whole squad <laughs> three, four times in the game, and just I'd be amazed because I'm sitting here like I would not go over there with you. So did you play Call of Duty on PlayStation Three? I did. I had well Call of Duty. I had on Xbox. Okay. Then I um got a red ring. Rip. And then I was just like, I'm going to PlayStation. Yeah. So then I got the PS4 after the PS3. Now I got the Xbox One too, but I only like playing sports games on Xbox One. Okay, makes sense. I play all the little um, first-person games, stuff like that on uh, PlayStation 4. Do you remember how they had the controls mapped for Call of Duty on the PS3 where L1 and R1 were aim and fire? It was so weird. And now the triggers on... I think... I, Did you ever get used to that? I got used to the way it is now. Um, only reason it was weird to me is because on Xbox, you know, the controller's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the the triggers on the back were way bigger. Yeah. So, and then the controller was just bigger. So, um, when I played that and it was like R1, L1, I looked for every way I could change it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I find that in any game you play, like FIFA used to be the same way. A lot of other, you know, games where they used to have older versions with different controls. And so I always just go find, if I could, if I can map it out the way I want, it's cool. But they told me, like, with that Astro, um, that Astro controller, mm-hmm. you can map it however you want it. And, and then they have that with the Elite controller, too. Probably. And then, like, the Astro controller has, like, um, extra like triggers on the bottom like under the controller that you can map to any button. It's so that you never have to take your thumb off the aiming stick and you can like slide and jump and yeah. reload and stuff. I mean it sounds sound. It, it really sounds like a good yeah, idea. Yeah, if I, if I wanted to pay 250 for it, i get it. <laughs> but I don't. You know, you may have uh, maybe some rabid fan out there will get it for you. After they hear this interview. Yeah, maybe. Yo, get I this man know. a controller. <laughs> maybe. If they, if they love me, they do. But other than that, I'm not spending my money on it. Real gamer shit. <laughs> like for them, I mean, there's a lot of guys who do Twitch and stuff like that. So right, it'll pay off for them. Yeah. They'll make their money back. Yeah, with all the subs and whatnot. Me, I'm at I'm at the house for my own enjoyment. Now, do you have a home studio? I do. That's where I actually do all the uh, mixing from. I okay. Mix um, exclusively from my home studio. Those long I invisible hours. Yeah, I built it. Um, I bought the house like two years ago. And it's a big, it's it's a fairly big house. It was five bedrooms, mm-hmm. and when I got it, it was just me. Okay, damn. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, the East Wing, the West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, you know, I want a little game room. Oh yeah. And I was like, I want a bedroom and a guest room, and I got a room for my niece. And I'm like, this room right here, let me just make this into a studio. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had some soundproofing built into the house some um, acoustic treatment on that room. I had a custom-built desk that, like, literally goes wall-to-wall. Essential. Wall. Yeah. It, very essential, because I was going to buy one from Guitar Center, and I was like, no. Weighing the options. I found I found a guy, literally, who made it to, like, my liking, exactly how I wanted it. Everything that I said I wanted in there, mm-hmm. rack space, everything, he made it perfectly. 
Then he broke it up to where I could move it if I wanted to and came and installed it. Some guy in Tennessee, he drove down and installed it awesome. for the same price that I would have paid at the Guitar Center. So awesome. Then um, I didn't, I made some additions to the house. I knocked down some walls and built some, you know, some extra stuff. But, yeah, that's where I do all the mixing for the albums that I work on, mm-hmm. songs that I work on. I do it, do it in the house. So for everybody at home that's listening in that may not know this, uh, you work really closely with uh, Young Nudie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the main artist who I um, record and mix. The and DJ for the tapes that he just like Mister Mister. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything? Do you have a hand in that? Yeah. So Mister, um, he actually recorded that. Uh, probably he recorded his part like maybe a, a couple months before I started working with him. Okay. Like almost two years ago. Um, but when it came down to the album, because this album's been, it was like two or three years in the making. A lot of those songs were older songs that Pierre had recorded himself. Mm-hmm. And um, so then he sent sessions to me. I got all the sessions together. We got the features and I mixed it. And um, Yo, you mixed it really well, dude. Thank you. Mr. was a, I got so many funny stories about Mr. Oh my God, because it's like a, it's a banger, bro. Like yeah, on so- repeat type it, type shit. Usually when it comes to mixing, I like mixing with track outs. Okay, yeah. Um, Pierre, he's very particular about the way his tracks are mixed. So, Mr., like throughout the album, I had to do a lot of revisions um, because Pierre would want something done, and then Nudie wouldn't like it, and then Nudie would want something done, and it was just going back and forth. That's how it is with collab albums. Mr. was one of those tracks that's just like first first mix I sent in, and like that's it. Nailed it. Nailed it. And then I'm just like, you know, you kind of get used to revisions. You're waiting on it. And I'm just like, I nailed it. Like, really? Like, I ain't got to, there's nothing. <laughs> like, you turned it up. It sounds good at high volume. Yeah. Then it went to mastering. And like, um, Joe LaPorta, he did the mastering. And rarely, rarely can I say this, but like, I sent that mix in and it came back from mastering and it sounded even better. And I was like, oh my God. I can't wait for this to come out. Then they said it was going to be the lead single, so I was like, this is even better. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it came out, and everybody loves it. And that's just one of those things, like, and Mr., I didn't do anything really special to it, like, effects-wise or anything. Mm-hmm. I really kept it in the box and kept it simple. But I feel like those that's one of those tracks where simplicity is key. Because even with the music, like, excuse me, the actual production, it's not anything, like, very, very hard it's just very simple it's a hard-hitting 808 yeah um and that is a sample right no mr was no sample. okay so it just sounds like one it's like it 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 sounds like an era of music that is long past that that's that's the sound of pierre um mr was just one of those like when i heard it like i said pierre had recorded it so when i heard it i'm just like whoa and i'm just like oh i can't wait to get started on this Mm -hmm. that's and i rarely get that um feeling um, but it was a lot of songs on that project. Most of the songs that we did, though, we did like last. No, actually, damn, this January of this year, we were um we weren't even in the studio. We had went down to Miami for almost like a month, and uh, I took my little mobile rig, my um, UAD. I had a Rode mic then. Um, I think it was like an NT1, and um, we set up. On the like 15th floor in the penthouse. On the 15th the floor, huh? 
in a hotel looking out across Miami, um, literally, and we recorded like five or six songs straight. It was like Shada, Dispatch, Gas Station, um, a couple other ones, like a good half of the album we recorded straight that night on a mobile rig. And that was like one of the craziest trips because that was the same time we did all the Dreamville stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the only song we did in the studio was Sunset, but like Down Bad, we did in a hotel. We actually do a lot of recording in the hotel. So rarely do I ever get the opportunity, except like recent, like this album is about to come out. We did a lot in the studio mm-hmm. and like half and half in a hotel, like house. Um, so it, it's 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 kind of crazy because the continuity on the album, you can't tell that it's recorded in the hotel. You can't tell that it's recorded in the studio. Yeah, it just sounds, vocals sound great. It sounds like it's it's him, you know. Yeah. So in the film side, uh, my experience is it's it's really not that hard to do the work, but it it is hard getting everyone together. Yeah, <clears throat> it's not hard to make music sound good, but it's hard. To please artists. Okay. Because then you got to please the artist, please the A&R, mm-hmm. please the label, please the producer. And um, I think what really comes down to it is the personal relationship. So like me and Nudie, we talk a lot about, we talk about everything, but when it comes to him, we talk about his sound and like where it has been, where it's going. Mm-hmm. And um, even with his new album, he kind of um, experimented. And it came out real dope. And it was like from Slime Ball 1 and 2, where I had nothing to do with the projects. It was very street, very like grimy, very. Yeah. And people loved that then. He came out with Nudie Land, and it was like a different sound, mm-hmm. melodic and uh, darker music. And people at first, and what I realized a lot what happens, people at first, when it's a new sound, they don't like it. Yeah, they're put off by it. But then, like, a year later, everybody's like, that's the best album he dropped. Like, their whole tone changed. And I'm like, a lot of y'all hated it the first listen, first week. Mm-hmm. Those one-listen reviews, y'all thrashed it. It was yeah. horrible. Um, it, music grows on people, right? That that was the biggest thing. It grew on people, and now they want more of that. But then you have, like, core fan base who wants more of Slimeball 1 and 2. So for him, it's, like, balance. Like, okay. He, you know, he wants to give people what they want, but then he also wants to try what he want to do. And this album, I think he he accomplished that. He gave people what they wanted. He has songs for every type of fan he has. Then he has some newer crossover type uh, music, and mm-hmm. I think it's so dope. And I just can't wait for people to hear it because I've been listening to it for like a year, most or some of the songs, and I'm just. It's one of those things where the music is so good, I just can't let it live on my laptop. And you just that's how get it out there. That's how that um that song with Playboy Cardi was when when we couldn't get that sample clear. It was one of those things like, this song is so good, like I I won't even be mad if it leaked. It didn't end up leaking, but I was like, I'm not even mad at it, dude. That is probably one of the most important leaks in recent it's, memory. It's ridiculous because of the legs that it got. And imagine if you guys had cleared the sample. It, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the things that hurt, but at the same time, it's it's the business. When I seen that it went number one on Spotify viral charts off, like somebody illegally uploaded. Yeah. 
and then just all the just twitter twitter and instagram memes yeah like they're like what the hell is this song even called what do we call it right it's cute. people yeah people made up their own names <laughs> yeah. like and that's the crazy part it was like off a 10 second clip i remember i remember the day like that little video clip came out uh-huh and next day people had recreated the instrumental yes I'm talking about, I'm listening to the, the version Pierre sent me and the version they made. I'm like, wow. It's, it's like one-to-one. It's one-to-one, almost. And they had an intro on there, so I'm like, it might have been better. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it was just so crazy. And even then, it didn't get crazy until we got close to the album. And even then, we didn't know if it was going to release because mm-hmm. they were still trying to clear it. Even after the album came out, we were talking about Deluxe with, like, with it on there. And she just wouldn't budge. Okay. But that song... It would have been platinum, like ridiculously. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, regardless, but I felt like that song would have been top ten on Billboard. Oh yeah, easily. Just because, as many videos as RCA and Sony takes down off YouTube every month. Yeah. Those videos would get millions of views. The memes, though. And that's what it was like. And I'm I'm big on it, so I'm on Twitter, and I just literally search. Kid Cudi and nobody's talking about Kid Cudi. Yeah, they're talking about the actual song. <laughs> yeah. Like, how does Kid Cudi feel? P- Pissy pamper. Like, how did that? And it's crazy because then um, Playboy Cardi he performs it at live shows. Oh, cool. So he performed it at Rolling Loud, and everybody's going crazy. Yeah, but Rolling Loud tweeted out a video of him performing it, and they didn't call it Pissy pamper. Okay. Like they called it Playboy Cardi, like Kid Cudi. Okay. Then Kid Cudi like quoted it and was like fire emoji. Like, I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> this is getting to a point where it's ridiculous. Like zeitgeist. I'm like, this this would have been crazy. Like I would have put people on the remix and still wouldn't come out. So the international like that that's a Japanese yeah track Japanese. Um, a lady named Mai Mai Yasami, I think I used to yeah. Her. Um, she's the one who. Man, it's older. I don't know. How, I don't even know how Pierre found that. That's a deep ass cut. It's deep. And then it, it was another song that net, it didn't make the album. It was the original intro um, that had another Japanese sample. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized Japanese people do not play about music. No, they don't. And they're very, very particular because even then, even if they do think about clearing it, they don't want to have no cuss words. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the image. So I made like the cleanest version of that song, sent it over for clearance, and they still denied. And okay. the crazy thing, I won't put a figure out there, but Sony offered a lot of money. Oh, for real? They, they saw the potential. They got behind it. Yeah. And she still turned it down. So I'm like, at that point, she don't care about the money. <laughs> she 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 has she gives no fucks about the money. She just. She didn't want to touch. It's like the legacy of the original track or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they said the track. She they said she does um, or she did sounds for like uh, anime and stuff like that. She okay. used to do music for anime, and that was I figured that's where he found it. It was mm-hmm. some uh, I can't remember what anime it was in, but it was in the anime, and it was just dope. Even when I heard it, I'm like. Is that a sample? Like it's dope, but at the same time, like you said, sometimes Pierre makes makes some some beats that you can't tell. They it, it, it's it's like dreamlike and otherworldly. I would use to describe some yeah, of those. Yeah, one beats. of my favorite songs that Nudie did was Hell Shell, and it's like you hear it, and it's like, where is that sound from? Like, if I had to tell you what sound it is, what is it? 
it sounds like some alien shit, but happy alien taking over the world. Like, <laughs> like he drugged me, and I'm just happy that everything's like going to shit. Like, what is going on? Like, that's that's how I feel every time I hear that song. So, what's your experience with going out into the field and recording sounds out in nature, and bringing them um, back to the studio? Okay, I did it before. Um, iffy. Um, I did it with. Uh, what did I have? I had uh, a U87, but it was plugged into a um, a portable uh, hand recorder. Oh, like a Zoom? A Zoom it was mic. a Zoom H4. H4N. I God, think. I freaking love the Zoom H4N, man. What a classic piece of hardware. But the thing I liked about the Zoom, even without me plugging the mic in, just that stereo recording it has. Yeah. So like sometimes uh, for that project that I was working on with that it was a band, it was like a rock band. Mm-hmm. For the project that we did for that single, sometimes I used a mic. I had I had a couple mics at my disposal. I had a shotgun, I had the stereo mic on the Zoom, and I had a U eighty seven, and then I had a Sony C eight hundred. Okay. Um, I would honestly say some of the best sounds I got came from the Zoom's stereo mic. Brilliant. Like, it it just sounded so good. Because it, it's like wave files on yeah. the go. And then on top of that, it just, you got everything. So even when I had the shotgun mic, it had the wind filter and everything. So that kind of took away from it. But that Zoom, you got everything. Just maybe a slight wind. Mm-hmm. Just, you can hear it. It just, it. It made everything sound good, and the only time we used it was like, um, like skits and interludes. Okay, like yeah. We Fly we, on we the wall. yeah yeah we did we did the vocal recording in the studio, but they wanted it to feel as though they were outside, like mm-hmm. you know. So that's when we created all the background noise, but we actually went outside and captured all these different sounds, and actually mixed all types of stuff, cr- crickets and. Mm-hmm. We record late night. Like it was, it was an intricate project. It was dope, but um, that's not even out yet. But I, that's one of them. Like I said, I it can't live on my laptop. So with music evolving the way it does, do you ever get that feeling where if something has lived on your laptop for long enough that it's like I need to go ahead and get this out into the wild before it becomes stale or obsolete or something like that? You like know, have a new idea. I, the the better side of me would say I would have enough self control. But the impulsive side of me is so much good music. Yeah. It's it's so many good songs that I've worked on and even songs that I didn't work on. Like I go to the studio often with with certain people and I might hear them play a song and I'm like, Yeah, man, that's not coming out, whatever. I'm like, What? No, it gotta come out. Leak it. Like <laughs> people hate leaks and I don't like leaks either, but if it's an artist, like some artists would just leak it. That's I mean Travis Scott he's big into it and yeah I, like and at that point it's just like let the people have the music yeah because because once you put it out there it's not yours anymore it's the people's yeah, right? it's the people's I mean and you can still profit off of it you never you, you don't even have to it don't have to go to DSPs mm-hmm. it doesn't have to go to any streaming services for you to profit that's what I realized when the Migos they had that um um the dab song yeah dab hit never, on SoundCloud yeah it never hit iTunes. And they made millions. Yeah. But that's why people like Playboy Cardi Smart. Like, even though 
Pissy Pamper slash Kid Cudi's never coming out, his show price goes up because when he performs it, it goes crazy. Yeah. So just that clip alone, I remember when Rolling Loud tweeted it out, like 30,000 retweets. <laughs> That's a lot of retweets. That's all you got to show a booking agent. Like, look, that's what I did at Rolling Loud. And off that, off the strength of that video, you will get booked and your show price will go up. So I noticed like a resurgence in popularity of that, uh, of that Pissy Pamper sample. Like I heard the song and went and looked up what the original track was. And I probably listened to that original track. Like and that's what 30 I never times. understood. I, I felt like if she would have cleared it, it would have, yeah, people would have regained interest in her, the song. But I'm seeing that as a trend now. Um, when ASAP Ferg dropped that song, he sampled Juicy J. Oh, yeah, the single. Yeah, Juicy J started trending on Apple Music. Songs started making a whole lot more money again, mm -hmm. like it just came out. You see it again with um, Pity Pablo, Freakily, um, Squiddy mm -hmm. dropped that song, My Type. Yep. Now people are streaming frequently. It's a song I'm working on right now. Um, it has a sample like that from like one of those 2000 classics. Mm -hmm. And guarantee when it comes out, people are going to like, you hear it off the bat. You hear where the sample is. You hear where the inspiration is. And they're going to go back and stream that song because it's like one of those like, wow, that's my childhood. That's how it is. That's why I feel like I say people like, Music is timeless. That's what I love about it. Like, it just, it is, it has no era. Like, it has eras that we set it as, but you can play a song from your era for somebody now and they never heard it before and you couldn't, they couldn't tell you if it was old or not because it's fresh to them. Mm -hmm. Music is timeless. Like, and one of the biggest things, like, it's crazy. I did a, a DJ at a 2000s party last night. I saw that on your Instagram story. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. I DJed a 2000s party last night. And, um, people people were so surprised. I pulled like a lot of songs out. Like, yeah. And it and the crazy thing yeah, it was it was mainly a college crowd. <clears throat> it was mainly a college crowd. And everybody knew the music. Everybody knew the music. But it was like one of those things like you go to a club now, you don't hear the music. It's like people's parents. You know, they're, they're listening to the music. Uh, people are always looking for, like, people are starved for content, right? Sometimes, uh, and then, like, streaming services do a lot for making these playlists. Like, yeah. if you like this, you should, you should probably 2000s like 2000s pop and R&B hits. And even then, though, like, like, last night, I think people get so used to going out to clubs and hearing on radio, like, the new music. Mm -hmm. They rarely hear old music. So last night, I promise you, I didn't play any real like popular songs right now. I play all older music and I did that for four hours straight and no complaints. People had a blast. I'm like, it was crazy. And I'm just like, in a way, those type of parties I like. Like anybody can play on a popular, anybody can put a popular song on right now. And, right. You know, the club go crazy. When you pull one out from, it's a it hits different, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I played all type of stuff: Jay Z and Nas and T Pain, and even last night though. That's when I realized I said, "Man, this is off topic." But like T Pain, he's he's he might be the greatest R and B singer. And 
I can argue I can argue with anybody. Like his sound was so forward, a bit, like in his time. Yeah. But right now, like I was just going through the songs last night, looking at my crates. Uh huh. He has so many damn hits. I'm talking like it was ridiculous. I feel like it was a T Pain party at one point. Because <laughs> it was like hour. it was like either. He was a lead on the on the song, or he was a feature, and he had the best part. Like it was him and Wayne. It was it was such a crazy era for them. Mm-hmm. But that's the era I was in. I was in high school and middle school during the era, so it was fresh to me. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, it's like they don't listen to it on their own, so they go back and listen to it, or they hear it at a party like this, and they're just like, "Damn, how the fuck did I forget? Forget about that song?" Like. Um, it's, it's weird. Cause we used to have to carry those songs around with us on yeah. CD and on an MP3 player. We used to be, and it, it was, was tragic people, if we lost the MP3s, right? I was we, telling people I, I had the shuffle. I had the zoom. It's like a different kind of bond I that had you had with those music. Classic where you just had to, uh, the click little, wheel. Yeah. The click wheel and, and rotate. And it was, I, I never even had an iPod touch at okay. that point. I, I had a Motorola Motorola Razor when they finally put iTunes on it. Yes. <laughs> I had my little, I had, but I had the Sony Walkman. I had all type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I even had the little, the fake MP3 players I got from like Brands Mart and used to just load it up 128 megabytes. It's like 20, 30 songs. At, at a decent bit rate. Like maybe yeah. the worst bit rate, you maybe can have. like one twenty eight, maybe ninety six, but Ew, we're pushing <laughs> it at that point. But I remember you used to load it up. One twenty eight seemed like a whole lot of space. Yeah, because the CD maybe you you could only have a CD with like ten, twelve. You telling me I got an MP three player with twenty five, thirty? Okay, run it. Oh man, I I was loving it. I I I had them all, but now now I look at it and you get phones with five hundred twelve gigabytes people are spoiled for choice because it it's like you don't have to carry your mp3s with you anymore suddenly you've got everything at the push of a button you ain't have to worry about cds getting scratched you ain't have to do none of that like that was my era and i don't know i was i was thinking about it the other day i feel bad for this era and not necessarily like my niece she has you know she has a little ipad tab like at her she has youtube mm-hmm. but like i feel like i cherished music i just cherish things a lot more when it was like it was Physical. rare yeah it was rare i would be like hey man borrow this you know i need it back digest it and then yeah and then when you're done let's have a conversation about it you know did you like the movie i let you borrow yeah. on dvd yeah dvd it was no blu-ray uh-huh that was when dvd player was two hundred dollars yeah. And if you it's had like, one. Do I get a PS2 or do I get a DVD player? Let me see. And if your family had one, it was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. You got a DVD player. It, man, it's so crazy how. And every time I said I feel old, but it's crazy how things have like progressed. Yeah. And, like, it's, it, and it's like in that decade, things changed so much so quickly mm-hmm. that older heads are still having a hard time adjusting to, you know, they're like. Yeah. People, they like YouTube. <laughs> Wait, you could pull up anything on YouTube? I'm like, yeah, anything. Like the entire history of recorded, like, anything. Yeah, <laughs> I think, and that's, like, my dad, he's big into, like, records. He used to have, you know, he was a DJ before. So oh, that's nice. where that's where I got the DJing from. Um, and he used to have milk crates full of records. Straight up, huh? 
full of it. And he used to have 12-inch vinyls and turntables. He had multiple turntables, different types of mixers, like all of that. Like me growing up, that's all I seen. Okay. So I remember when I first got um, this like YouTube family plan where it's like YouTube Red or whatever they call it. Oh, that's no right. No ads. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember what song it was, but I pulled up a song, a Bob Marley song. He he hasn't heard it in years because he like he lost the, the vinyl to it or something, or he think he gave it to a DJ to use and never got it back. Oh, okay. And you know, back then you used to have two of the same vinyls. Like he could never find it, and he was so bummed. And it was harder at first with YouTube because a lot of people weren't uploading a lot of older stuff. Mm-hmm. But then somebody uploaded it, like they did vinyl to, you know, according to a DAW and put it out. And he almost wanted to cry tears just off hearing that. That's beautiful. That song. That's like, beautiful. Technology. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody want to talk down on it, but it, it low key kind of crazy. It, it's kind of snapping, you know? It, but yeah, a lot of people, like even now, even when I go to the studio, uh, like, I remember one day I pulled up on Metro Boomin at the studio and he had a, a vinyl and he had turntables. He had literally a, a crate full of vinyls and he's recording, he's sampling straight into Pro Tools, not Pro Tools, uh, FL. Okay. He's recording straight into uh, FL. What a sight, right? And I'm just like, wow. People <laughs> like, wow. That's the cleanest signal you can get. I'm talking even the cracks pops it was very vintage okay and you even just go back and listen to his last album and a lot of that uh, uh, along with how it was mixed but he had live instrument instrumentation on it, mm-hmm. it he did it like that there's like a lot of piano on that yeah he but he recorded all those samples that's like, amazing straight off vinyl that's great i didn't even know that there's like another layer of trivia that i didn't know about that album a lot of people don't but that's like that's how intricate music gets Cause you got the guys who can sample, they just grab something off YouTube and like the worst streaming quality, and you know they they do what they do, but mm-hmm. that was like the purest form of art. Like, if I ever imagine Kanye when he has sessions, that's what I think he does. Okay, yeah. Five beats a day. Yeah. For five summers or some shit. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Just straight pulling up vinyls and recording it. Like, I can only imagine. So, um, and you manage two artists right now, right? Yeah, producers. Okay, yeah. they're producers? Yeah, so um, on this new album with Nudie, they produced probably about 85% of it. Okay. Just them. Um, it's those two. I think the only other producers we have on there, is, on there is like DJ Mark B, Molly Raw, and... Um, blessed other than that these two producers produced every other track um that's great like 85 percent. and i found them believe it or not when i started recording for nudie i set up a beat email or there was like a beat email set up but it wasn't really used but mm-hmm. like some I beat start, submissions yeah okay for you know followers of his to send beats in because you know he had his select group he had pierre he had everybody he used but mm-hmm. i was just like everybody keep asking me how to get beats to him and everything i hate 
I hate giving out my personal emails. Yeah, it makes sense. I hate when people go on my Instagram bio and use that email. Mm-hmm. This is the email to send it to. And I, I stress it. I said, if you don't send it to that email, I'm not playing it for them. Um, so we go through the email, but more times out of not, I'll listen to it before he listens to it because he's not going through a thousand emails. For a, sure, a session. Yeah. I'll pick out the ones that I feel like he would actually like and then play it for him. Um, one of the guys, Tony Rocket, He's he's only he was only nineteen years old. And um I remember one day I just started picking out a whole bunch of beats and I'm like, This is hard. And then I was playing for Nudie and he was like, This is hard, like and he's never one to remember producers, like he just likes a sound. Yeah. Um but he was just like after I kept playing them after session after session, new beats, he's like, Who is this guy? I'm like, you know, I talked to him a little bit. I'm like, it's this, it's this young kid who lived down in Fort Valley, Georgia, mm-hmm. like two, three hours away. He like, man, he hard. Like one day he was like, call him. I was like, I don't even got his number, but let me get it. And he, he got on FaceTime with him. He was like, man, like whatever you're doing, keep doing it. This is probably like November last year. Um, fast forward to like March, April. He he driving up here every weekend. Not not every weekend, every day. He's driving oh, to wow. Atlanta. That's more to, intense. <laughs> yeah, to come to studio sessions. Like Okay. And that was a dedication that I that I, I was like, wow. For me, like I hate driving, but like this kid drives two and a half hours here. Like two and a half hours back at like five in the morning. Wow. Still going to work. Mm-hmm. And not saying nothing to anybody. It's a different type of grind. I knew it, but like nudie, nobody else knew, where, you know, he was doing that. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, this is, like, it's going to pay off. And it did. Like, he, like I said, this album, he's all over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with Coop, like, these guys, they didn't miss a session for months on end. Wow. They'll come up and nudie might not record that night, but they're still there, like, and if they're not, if he's not recording, they're making beats. Okay. Um, Coop, like I said, we went to Miami for a month. He came down there on his own because he wanted to be in sessions. Okay. Like, it was that type of dedication where I'm like, these guys, like, they, they deserve whatever's coming for them. And I never want to get involved in somebody's career or process that I don't believe in. Mm-hmm. But that's the type of things that make me believe in you. That's what I seen with Nudie that made me get behind him. And, um, so then when it came to them and I'm just like, you know, I want, I want to see guys do good. And I have connections with a lot of people right now that I I feel like producers, it would be a, a plus for them. Yeah. Uh, especially with artists and just the reach I have with different artists. So I was like, if I want, if I want to work with anybody and put them in a better position is these guys. Cause I seen, I seen everything that mm-hmm. they put into it and they never once said anything ask for anything like this like rocket he would he would drive up here two hours two and a half hours gas money he it was like he was working his his he worked at a gas station it was like he was working his job to fund coming his trips yeah like that's beautiful so now it's like man when this money come in from these records already on advance and all that Mm -hmm. you good they got a house up here now um they both stay in a house that Nudie paid for. Like, wow. he's behind him. So I'm like, 
I'm behind y'all too. Like, that's really special. Yeah. So I shout out to you guys, man. Keep it up. Yeah. I mean, even after I leave here, we're going we're going to a session. Oh, that's great. I set up a session for him with um, this R and B singer. So they work nonstop. When they're not in the studio, I got it set up for them at the house. Uh, they're making beats at the house, like mm-hmm. nonstop. We got the tools that they need. Yeah, we just went to LA. We're in the studio every night, nine to nine in the morning. And when we're not in the studio, we're in the Airbnb. Their headphones on, making beats. Wow. I'm playing the game. I'm chilling. They're yeah. making beats. Hungry. And that's that's the type of shit I like. That's why, like I said, they deserve everything that's coming for them. Okay. And so yeah. I, I, at first, I didn't want to manage anybody, mm-hmm. but like I said, when it's somebody, like I feel like I can get behind them, and I only want to see them do good. That's that's when I actually get involved in the process. Because um, I thought about managing artists and producers for a while. <laughs> hey man, wake up! <laughs> yeah, I thought about it, but it was just never one that really grabbed me. Okay. Until now. Yeah. How cool to be in a position like that where you can, you know, kind of yeah. like. I mean, but I've seen, I've seen how that can help and how it can hurt. And I, I try, I pride myself on trying to learn from other people's mistakes. Okay. So, it, like I tell you, it took a while before I even got involved, but I was just at a point where I'm like, okay, I can give them the extra push that they need. Mm-hmm. Just even me connecting and, and striking deals for placements and like, that make me so happy. I don't even like. I'd be so. I'd be more happy to call them and tell them, "Hey, your song got placed. Like, let's do the paperwork." Yeah. Like, I'm. I'm happy. I want their music out there. <laughs> I'll do it. But yeah, nah. That two producers that I'm getting behind. Like I said, and it's crazy. Cause when this album come out, mm-hmm. it, their stock is gonna go up. See, like, like Justin May did with with Baby. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, it's gonna be just like that. And these kids are only 19, uh-huh. 20. I think Coop's like 25, 24. Okay. They're young. But they, they're they hard. I, I, mean, I realized that when we was in L.A., I'm telling you, like, I had a whole bunch of, like, legendary producers come. Charlie Heat, um, Justice League. Okay. Metro. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ali, who works for Chris Brown. Um you're like business Avengers boy. Assemble real quick. Business boy, uh what <laughs> Cardo got wings, like and these guys get in the room with them. Oh, day trip. Okay. Take take a day trip. These guys get in the room with them, amazed. So then day trip, they're like, Oh, we want to cook up with y'all. Mm-hmm. And like day trip, they've been going crazy lately with the Lanaz and Yep. Uh, Mo Bamba and all type of stuff. Yeah, Panini's up there right now. Yeah, and these guys are like, we want to work with y'all. Like, <laughs> so that's what I'm looking like. These, these dudes are the truth. You're like the puppet master. I'm talking about Justice League. Like, if you're a fan of Rick Ross or anything like that, DJ Khaled, those guys are legendary. Mm-hmm. Like those, those guys are nice. They got in that room, and they were blown away. I'm just like, I'm sitting there just looking at them, like. They're just playing beats for them. And I'm like, I'm telling them, okay, play this beat. Like, I already know what beats. So I'm like, play this. Play one. that beat for them. And they play it. And I'm just looking at these guys' face and they're just like, uh, wow. And I'm just like, that's all I need to see. 
I'm leaving the room now. Like, y'all, <laughs> you know, you do what you do. Um, and we was in LA for a week, and that's all it was, was other producers coming. And literally all I could say is, right now, Nudie love working with these guys. So if you want a placement, my suggestion is you work with these guys. And they were like, let's go. Day Trip was like, let's go right now. Like, awesome. And they had their own setup. Like that day, it was Day Trip, Bless, Coop and Rocket, Kid Hazel, mm-hmm. all in one room. And it was some hard, some hard music came out there. Came out that room. How did the uh, Revenge of the Dreamers project come to fruition? That was one of the craziest experience. Um, they had already been planning on having like some type of workshop, like collaborative effort. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. On that project. So the day it started, it started on the Sunday. Nobody like there was no, you know how everybody had a little flyer at one point. Yeah. Nobody had posted anything. It's a guy that I work with, Stephen um, Dockris, uh, SRD TV, and. I'm looking at his Instagram story and I'm looking, I see a whole lot of engineers and producers I know all in one room. So I'm like, did they just have like a listening session or like it was just one event? Mm-hmm. So I asked him like, you know, what's going on? Where y'all at? Like, I want to come over there. I'm pulling up. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's the uh, Dreamville session, blah, blah, blah. It ain't get announced or anything, but like, this is what's going on. And I'm like, Dreamville, like Cole and all that. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, we need to come. Like, we need to be there. And believe it or not, like, that next day we were there. Um, That next day, Nudie pulled up, and that's when he met Cole. And he wanted to record, but that, like, it was so many people recording in those rooms. It wasn't a room open for him. Oh, really? So he went home. um, But he he told Cole, he was like, we got to do a song. We did, uh, I stayed there. I stayed there till about seven in the morning. Uh, it was to a point, it was just me, um, Chase the Money, who was a producer mm-hmm. of the song Sunset with Pyrex. It was me, Chase, and Cole in the live room, in the live A room at, at uh, Tree Sounds. Love Tree Sounds. And we're just pressing, like, plugged in FL in the, in the speakers, like some live speakers. And we're just playing the beat over and over for Cole. He's literally writing his notebook. We did that for about three or four hours straight. Wow. I kid you not. Everybody else is gone. People sleep. And it wasn't until about four in the morning where Cole's like, okay, I'm ready to go in the booth. And that's when he did his verse and everything for Sunset. And I'm just sitting in the room like, this is ridiculous. And he comes out and he comes out. And this is when I realized how, how dope Cole is. Most artists will come out and be so stuck on how they did it. They don't want no advice. They don't want, they just want people to be like, oh, that's hard as hell. Like, they just want yes, man. Cole comes out and he's like, you know, playing it. He's playing it back and he's, you know, looking around. He's like, you know, how y'all feel about it? Everybody's giving their takes, whatever. He looks at a select few. He looks at me. He's like, what do you think I should do? Like, what do you think I should add? What do you think, mm-hmm. you know, is it cool like it is? And in my head, I'm like, what? Me? I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're the artist. You sold platinum records. Like, right. you're asking me. He was like, you know, I just want to make this, you know, as comfortable in the pocket for nudie as possible. 
and he's just like, you know, you're one of the guys who's in part of his process. So just just that, and I'm like, wow, like he has no ego at all, and we got his we got his part done. The next day, like a Tuesday, me and Nudie performed at Adult Swim. And um, he was asking me the night before, he's like, you know, if I finish this record, you think Nudie can come back the next day and put his part on there? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no. Nah. I'll make it happen. I'll make sure you come. Okay. Sure enough, he um, he put up after the Adult Swim thing, and he laid his verse down. And, um, then he left because that night is when we were going to Miami for that month. Okay. Um, wow, so that's all happening. <laughs> yeah, it's all happening at the same time. And um, after he plays verse, he literally leaves. I got Cole's hard drive with all the sessions from Cole on it, and I put it on his hard drive. And I'm going to hand deliver it to him because I'm like, I'm not yeah. messing this up. Nah. I'm not giving it to somebody. And no. So I go hand deliver it to Cole, and he's in the A room. And I walk in, and it's T.I., Rick Ross, Wale, Cole, Jid, Earth Gang, they're all in there. And I'm just like, okay, I walked in a room full of heavy hitters. Yeah. And um, I go to Cole, I'm like, you know, Cole and Eve, his manager, I'm like, you know, song's done, session's on there. Mm-hmm. And they were just in there talking, you know, chilling. He's like, he, he gives it to his engineer, he's like, play it. Okay. So I'm like, okay. We even, even when Nudie recorded, we recorded headphones, like he doesn't like stuff played back. Okay. So everybody who was in the studio with us didn't hear it. Okay. So Cole, he's like the first person to play it out loud. And he plays it out loud in front of all those guys. Whoa. And I'm literally just looking at everybody's like facial expressions as the record is playing. And they're just like vibing. I'm like. What a cool feeling. What the hell? What? <laughs> and like. I'm just, I ain't, like, at that point, I was just like, I can go home now. <laughs> My work here is done. Never would I ever have thought that T.I. and Rick Ross would be in here, like, hyping up nudie or, like, you know, anything okay, like yeah. that. So, they told me, like, even when we left to Miami, you know, they still had, like, 10 more days okay. in the studio. Man, they was calling me, like, the more Cole played it for other people, like, Cole is playing it for other artists, mm-hmm. people are calling me, like, Yo, that track with Nudie and Cole. I'm like, you heard it? He like Cole played it for me. I'm like, damn. He must really like that track. And that that happened to be the only track on the album besides um the solo cut that Cole put. Okay. That it was just Cole and one artist. There was no other artist on there who had a solo cut with Cole. That's right. That's how much he liked that song. That's amazing, dude. Because people wanted to get on it. I'm telling you, people wanted to get on it. Oh yeah. And, no. <laughs> He liked it like it was. That's great. And I'm like, this is crazy. That is that wasn't that wasn't supposed to happen. We were never supposed to be at those sessions. You know, I mean I guess we were, but it happened. It just happened. You were like, what's going on over here? I think that's, I need to, Yeah, that's uh, how it was that's how magical it was. It was so dope. Um it's like one of those things like you can't recreate it. Yeah, it's like in the moment. That's an amazing story. And that actually kind of like restores my faith a little bit. Actually, no, I take that back. A lot in the process. Yeah. There's a lot of music that comes out that seems like it's thrown together and it's 
you know, the artist knows that they're giving it away for free and they need to get out there so bad, but it's like the origin story of such an awesome song can happen in such a, an innocent, pure way. It just restores my and faith in music, you know? When the album dropped, because you know the album went gold yeah. before the month was over. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's got so many, uh, yeah. so many people involved. But now, when the album had dropped, obviously the album was trending. Revenge of the Dreamers, mm-hmm. it was trending. The only other thing that was trending was Nudie. Like, Nudie's name was trending worldwide. And I'm looking at all the tweets, like... We gained a lot. We gained a lot from that, but a lot of people were just like, "I never would have thought Cola Nudie." I seen a lot of tweets like, "I never knew I needed a Cola Nudie song until now." <laughs> yes. And I'm just like, "This is crazy!" Like, and I'm in my head, I'm like, "I know we're about to go on tour." Like, oh yeah, this everything worked out perfectly. Yeah. Like, to this day, like, it, even now, I still think back to that, like. It wasn't like so many things could have happened to where we couldn't have came and uh uh-huh. but you could say that about anything, but just that session, no sessions period. I dropped in on like one more day when we got back. Mm-hmm. Um that was the day um they did Costa Rica. I was in I was in the studio with Ski Mask. Okay. Slump guy. And it was just me and him, an engineer. Like I just kinda popped in the room. He's up there. I'm talking to him a little bit, um, just chopping it up, you know, exchange info and all that. And then he go in and record his part. And I'm like hearing the music. I'm like, whoa, like it's crazy. It's like washing over you, man. It's and it's still a lot of music that didn't come out. It was so many producers in there, like Take Heath, Super Mario, Jetson, Kid Hazel, um, T Minus, like. Mm-hmm. All those guys working together, A plus from ear drummers like Mike Will came, DJ Khaled came. Whoa, it was a, it's a lot of people that people don't even know was in there, and it's so much good music because every room somebody was making a beat or somebody was recording mm-hmm. or doing both. Like I told you, they turned a live room into a, a beat a beat area. That session was like like I said, it can't be recreated. And so the project came out. Mm-hmm. And it, well, for so many months, nobody knew what was gonna be on it. Like I, I knew Cole was playing Sunset a lot, but you know, a lot of it's a lot of politics with it. Labels get involved, and what they think should go down or whatever. So mm-hmm. until paperwork gets done, you never know. Even if paperwork gets done, you still don't. But the album comes out, and. Down Bad, we did, because he, he has that part on Down Bad. Mm-hmm. We did, we actually recorded that in Miami. Um, that night, he recorded the verse for Sunset when I played it for Cole and all that. Jid gave me the open verse for Down Bad, and it was just him. It was just him on it. Mm-hmm. Like, he recorded the night before. And, you know, he had linked up with Nudie when he was at the studio, and he was just like, you know, yo, man, like, I know y'all finna go to Miami or whatever. I want Nudie on this song with me. I'm going to just send it to you whenever y'all get done recording the album. Like, you know, see if he got time to do it. Okay. And that's what we did. Like, you know, when we got done with the album, I was just like, look, you know, we got this uh, song. Gia wanted to get on. He's like, all right, let's do it. I do it. I send it to him. Like, I think I record like 7 in the morning. I send it to him at um, 
he he calls me immediately. He's like, send me the session. Wow. He's like, I played it. We just went crazy. Zip it up. He was like, I played it. We just went crazy. Send me the session. We transferred me that thing. I, we transferred it to him. <laughs> and um, then, you know, later on, months go by and we start here. Oh, such and such is on it now. Oh, they added this person. Then um, talked to Jid at one of his Atlanta shows. And he's like, you know, they, they wanted to take Nudie off. Like, the label did. Oh, really? Nobody at Dreamville did, but, like, the actual label. I think it's Columbia or Interscope, one of them. They wanted it to just be a Dreamville cut. Okay. But he was like, him, Cole, and Boz, like, pushed him, like, Nudie needs to be on this somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. And everybody in that song had a 16, and it just made Nudie 16 into an 8. Okay. But it was like, he has to be on it some way. And even the version we cleared, Nudie was like the last person on it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, that's cool. He's the last person on it. That's a good way to end the song. I'm talking about when the song came out, it was a whole different version, and he's the first person on it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. And I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> hold on. And again, people just like, who is this Nudie guy? Like, He's the first person on this song and Cole's like fourth or something like that. Uh-huh. He's the first voice to hear. That's and so everybody's strong. just like, where's the full verse? Like, I need to hear the full thing. I'm just like, this is dope. You know, you had some people who were just like, you know, it should have just been a jig, nudie song, whatever like it was. But like I said, that was one of those things where it was too good to live on a laptop. So, and the video is about to come out too. Even then, like, you know, videos always bring shit back up. So yeah. The video is about to come out. And again, people, I think that song is about to, I think it might have already went gold. I think it's about to go platinum. Wow. So, like I said, for sessions that's not even supposed to happen, not only did we get on the album, not once but twice, which is rare. I don't think any other artist outside of Dreamville artists was on there mm-hmm. more than once. Um. But now the album's platinum, so I get a plaque from that. The single's about to go platinum, and Sunset, I think, is about to go gold. Like, for something we weren't supposed to be at, and it went number one on billboards. That's four plaques off, like, a DM. Where y'all at? (laughs) What? (laughs) It's crazy. Where are y'all at? Yo, stories of inspiration here today in the secret room. This is just, I mean, keep your head up. Producers out there, engineers out there, artists out there. What what I just heard and what we actually all just heard at the same time should let you know that you should keep your dreams alive and you should should definitely work your ass off because you never really know what kind of opportunities you can get by just being yourself. You want to know the craziest thing? What's that? I've only been engineering for four years. For four years? (laughs) Excellent. It's it's really like I realize it's really off who you know. Yeah. And when you get the opportunity, you do what you're supposed to do. You handle your business. Yeah. You don't drop the ball. You be a good team player. You work well with others. And you just handle your business and you blow them away. That's all I've been. That's like that's what I built my career off of. Like, um, you remember like one of the first artists who allowed me to actually have full control was No Plug. And from there, it went from No Plug to Savage to Nudie to... Then I did Nudie's album, and everybody wanted to work with me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, like, exclusively. Like, I barely record anymore oh, really? because I'm mixing so much. Okay, yeah. And I ain't gonna lie, I, I kind of like it that way. 
I'm in the comfort of my home. He's in post-production. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the comfort of my home. I can make my own schedule. Uh-huh. I know I have my deadlines, but, you know, I can break it up to whatever works for me. He made himself a boss. And that's, you know, but it started off when I used to come here, like every two days or something. Mm-hmm. I used to, and I used to record for free. Like, I just wanted to record. I just wanted to be in the studio somewhere recording somebody, like, hands-on. Mm-hmm. That was, like, the most valuable experience more than school could ever did. Like, just cut your teeth. Yeah. Learn as you go. That was me. And, yeah, I came here. Like, I came a third. I, like, I felt like, if not every day, every every other day. Uh-huh. I was in here for free. I was Ubering because I didn't have a car at the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even the Ubers was costing money. Like, oh, yeah, like 50 bucks here. <laughs> 40 bucks here. So I'm, like, going in a hole, but, like, <laughs> it was worth it. That was my sacrifice. It was worth it. For the experience. Yeah. Even just being around people, like the right people. Mm-hmm. And that, that loyalty pay off. Um, and I guess that's that's one of those things that made me look at the producers that I work with. Like, I see shades of myself. Like, the sacrifices I did, mm-hmm. y'all have y'all own sacrifices, but yeah. you're not crying about it. You're not asking for handouts. You're yeah. not... Nah. You know, because if you pull up to a session after a two and a half hour drive and knew you don't use any of your beats... You know, it's it's a little like, oh, damn, like, yeah, I might have came out here for nothing, none of that. It was never none of that. So I look at them like I see shades of myself, and that's what makes me so excited. Cause that's that's what got me to where I am. So I tell them all the time, man, y'all got plaques coming too. Right now, I got like seven or eight plaques I got to order. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is gonna be y'all, yeah, within a year, a oh, year yeah. or two, like, easily. And so like that's just what. Like you said, it's a story for everybody. Like, don't ever give up because let me tell it. I wasn't supposed to be engineering. I wasn't, <laughs> be, I wasn't supposed to be doing none of this. Like, I really wasn't. Everything just worked out how I was supposed to. And now it's like, now I'm on a, a, a wave and a ride that I'm just riding along, mm-hmm. seeing where it takes me. You're going to look back on your 20s and be like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even now, like, just artists been around, artists I work with, mm-hmm. artists I grew up listening to, I like people who are, like, one of my closest friends, like, crazy. It's, it's, it's one of the crazy Life, things. man. Yeah. That's why I just be so happy, I and I'm so happy that, like, put other people in a position, because, you know, if it wasn't for people looking out for me, like, no plug, like, I wouldn't have opportunity. Like opportunities I have now, so I like always pay it forward. Oh yeah, like don't you don't need to do nothing for me, man. As long as you, like I said, can handle your your business. As long as your music sounds good, like mm-hmm. I will, I'll link you to whoever you need. Like I tell people that all the time. They always ask me how can you do this. That's why I made the beat email. Like you know, anybody can send something in. Just make sure that you handle what you're supposed to handle. The proper channels. I'm not, yeah, I'm not getting to a level where I'm like, I only work with the big producers. No. And that's nudies the same way. You could have, like, it don't matter. You could have Grammys. It, it was actually a, a producer, I'm not going to name, but worked with one of my favorite artists, won a Grammy, won a couple Grammys, got certifications out of ass. 
he didn't like any of the beats. Really? And you know, some artists would just be like, I'm going to record on your music just because of who you are. No. He got to like the music. And his beat selection is so pure and so, like, selective. It did None of that matters to him. So that's the same way. Like, you could be some little kid from Idaho, 16-year-old making beats. If you make a hard-ass beat, boy, look, you got a placement now. We don't care about none of that extra who you used to work for mm-hmm. who you got placements no none of that you got that one it's like the, the music speaks for itself yeah that is fucking awesome yeah but yeah that's that's how it is now that's the process like we still go in that email every session every session we're in that email you guys hear that he's going in the email looking for beats y'all young nudie beats at gmail we're in there <laughs> he's in there listening to him so you know it even it's, if they don't end up using it. He heard, we heard it. it. Yeah, we heard it. That's how it was. I mean, I ain't going to lie. Rocket, the first like three or four packs he sent, nothing striped. And it just took that one and it took another. And he just, after a while, he kept like, you know, he wouldn't even, he ain't even know his name. He was like, you know, what that kid send me? Mm-hmm. The kid send me anything? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, let me check. The kid. Yeah. Now that kid signed. Like, <laughs> Same way with Kid Hazel, man. Kid Hazel, his first beat since when? Um, and knew the email. Mm-hmm. And the beat email. Nudie hopped on it. And then played it for Savage. And Savage hopped on it. It was so hard, Savage signed him. Like, like that. His life changed. Now, Savage's last album, he produced half of it. Wow. Like, it, it's, it's crazy, but it's possible. It I, happens. I, you're like my inspo, <laughs> like right now. It happens, man. Like I, don't, like I said, I, I look at myself and I shouldn't be where I'm at now. So I'd just be ready to tell everybody, like, you can do it. You can do it. Don't listen to what nobody said. You can do it. Like go crazy. That that is amazing. I I almost I almost think we should leave it there, just because it's such a high note. Yeah. What I'm you, happy now. I'm ready to go to the studio. Hell yeah. Let's wrap it up. What do you say we get out of here? Yeah. Oh, but before we get out of here, just because we got the eyes and the ears of everybody you know fucking with you, let these folks know something. Like I already told you, we got an album coming out soon. Mm-hmm. A date coming real soon. We're in post-production now. Music video? Music video is about to come out. Um, it's homecoming season, so we're booked. We're booked for homecomings everywhere, all the way through November. This track I'm mixing for Miss Mulatto and Lysia and Keisha hard being on the lookout for that i'm i'm working with a lot of artists like right now i'm at the point where i'm working with people who like i have a, a list of artists that i want to work with mm-hmm. and i'm in a position now where i can actually work with them so i'm checking stuff off my list i'm oh uh, yeah yeah i'm going through the list so he's like at&t y'all he reaching out and touching folk yeah but at the same time i work with everybody so there's nothing to if you want to work with me i'm I'm not. I'm the farthest thing from bougie, or stuck up, or anything like That's that. Great. I'm not Hollywood, so I read all my DMs too. I answer DMs like. That's great. I answer DMs that deserve an answer because sometimes people hit me up and can I send beats to the beat email? Yes. <laughs> That's what it's there for. <laughs> well, that's I, awesome. I don't. <laughs> other than that, though, if it's a, a worthy DM, like yeah, I'll answer them all. Yeah. Just not the 
the ones that's a simple look at a uh-huh. page or something. But nah. Nah. Um, other than that, uh, got a tour coming soon. It'll be announced soon. Um, yeah, we're just trying to... I'm getting ready for... I'm already in 2020 in my head. Uh-huh. A lot of music that I'm working on, worked on and working on right now is not coming out to 2020, so that's where I'm at mentally. Okay. But still in 2019, so... I'm ready to just motivate more people, work with more people, and get more plaques. Yeah, man. It's plaque season. Yeah. I um quick story. I hung out with Ali uh from T D E in February. Okay. The weekend after he got his Grammy. Yeah. And him telling me the the process behind that and the childish Gambino record, I was more inspired. I'm still inspired. That's how I want to inspire people, so Great. That's where I'm headed towards. I'm gonna give me the Grammy too. I'm gonna give me it's Grammy sure. season. Yeah, I'm gonna give me one for it's sure. It's Hall of Fame you, season. You about to find out history book type beat. Yeah, and then the people going diamond that I know. People oh, getting yeah. Grammys that I know. It's so attainable. It's so in my reach that yes, I'm hungrier than ever. That's that is awesome. Ever. What a killer episode of the Secret Room. Yeah, I like the Secret Room too. You know, it's I got to come back here. You know, I thought about starting a podcast. You should. I think if I do, I'm, I'm coming back here. You, like you it. totally should. It's, uh, you know, we'd love to have you here whenever. I like it. Yeah. Like I said, they had changes here too. So it's a lot, it's a lot more dope too. Third Eye Collective shit. Yeah. Well, Where it guys, all started for me. Yeah. <laughs> Where it all started. It was home for a long time. TEC. <laughs> but yeah, I like it. Secret room. That's dope. You heard it first. It's uh DJ BJ and Ben Scarborough chilling here at Third Eye Collective in the secret room. And uh we'll catch you guys on the next one. See y'all. Peace out.